Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 34. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast and I am your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. So tell me, how's your day going? I hope it's good and productive and you're achieving great things. You might be listening to this on a Monday, which means you're at the start of the week, or you could be through the week, but wherever you are, I hope things are good. For me, it's been a great week. I started off not so great, if I'm honest. Monday was a little bit quiet, and I didn't really feel in the mood to do much. Do you ever feel like that, and do you think you want to shake yourself and be like, come on, you've got stuff to get on with? But sometimes your mind just isn't in the game. So Monday started off like that for me. However, it's now Thursday and I am feeling so much happier about it. I've done some great things this week. I've recorded a great podcast interview yesterday, which is going to be out next week with Chris Strubb. That's going to be really exciting. Then later on today, I'm recording another interview with the amazing Brian Fanzo. So I am super excited about that. So we've got some really good content coming up for you. The other thing that's super exciting that's just happened today is I've just been sent the first version of the TEDx talk I did. Oh, wow. I couldn't wait to watch it. Now, normally when most people see themselves back on camera, and this includes me, you kind of really critique yourself and you look at yourself and you think, oh God, why did I pull that face or do that or be like this? But actually the TEDx experience was so amazing and so exciting 
that watching it back, all it did for me was made me think what an amazing day that was. I am so excited to get this out to you. Now, as it stands at the moment, it might be different when the podcast is live. It's not ready to be shown to the general public. When you do a TEDx, now I know a little bit about it, there are an awful lot of rules that the licensee and the organiser has to conform to. And one of those rules is that obviously everything has to go through TEDx and TED first. So what's going to happen as far as I'm aware is the videos are going to get approved by the speakers and then they go to TED and get uploaded to TED and hopefully, fingers crossed, they get put on the YouTube and the TED website. Now, you know, it's not actually a given that your video is going to be put up. If there's something in it that they deem isn't to their rules, and like I said, there are a lot of rules, which is completely understandable, but if there is something on there that they're not overly happy with or whatever, then they can actually say your video is not going up. Now, as far as I know, everything on mine should be absolutely fine. I'm touching a lot of wood here as I'm talking to you because I would be devastated if the video didn't go up. But it is awesome. So hopefully when it does go up, keeping everything crossed, I can't wait to share that with you. I've been talking to lots of people over the last few weeks in terms of the interviews I've been doing. And one of the things I've been asking them is to tell me their story because I don't know about you, but for me, I love listening to the stories about how people got to be where they are today and do what they're doing today. I find it fascinating. The other reason I like hearing those stories is because so often we look at the Amy Porterfields of the world and the Pat Flynn's and we think, oh my gosh, that is an amazing achievement. I am never going to get there. But the truth of it is, there was a time in their career, in their life, that they didn't even know they were going to get there. So for me, I find it really inspirational to hear the journey they've come through and the lessons they've learned, because actually, we're going to learn from those lessons too. So today, I thought I would do things a little bit different, and I wanted to share my story. This isn't a story of look at how amazing my journey's been and what I've done. This is a story of how I got started and the mistakes I made, because boy, did I make some mistakes. And my thought process around this is, if hopefully you listen to some of these things and think, oh, I'm not going to do that, or it makes you go back and revisit a couple of things, then great. And actually, although I love talking about social media and marketing, I do also love talking about building a business, running a business and how we can all succeed because some of these messages, they will span over any business in any industry. So I am really hoping that you will enjoy my uh, brief podcast into how I got to get started and what I did wrong. So I guess the first thing I should tell you and admit to is I never actually wanted to run my own business. Never, not once. I had worked in marketing for oh, about 10 years, I think it was. I'd done my degree in marketing and I joke that I was a great employee. I loved working for other people. I always worked really hard. I wanted people to think that I was really good at what I did and I worked really hard to get that respect. I often worked longer hours than I needed to. I was very ambitious. I climbed the career ladder fairly quickly and moved to a lot of different jobs 
if it meant that I could then get a promotion or get to the next step. So I'd had quite a varied career in marketing. I had worked for huge companies like Land Rover. I worked in their head office and I managed their corporate marketing for them. And then I worked for teeny tiny companies who had hardly any budget and I used to do everything. So I'd given myself a really kind of rounded view of marketing. And then one of my last jobs, I was in a marketing agency. Now, I just want to say quickly before I started this marketing agency, I was a director for a care company. I'd started off in that care company as the marketing person. However, again, I got promoted through and I ended up becoming a director of a service. Now, if you've ever worked in a care company, and this is a company that has children that are in care, and we used to home those children and provide them support. Now, as you can imagine, this isn't a nine till five, five day a week job. This is completely and utterly full on. This is children who have a lot of challenges and a lot of things going on in their lives and they are being looked after 24-7. So for me, I had a young daughter. She was, in fact, I was in that job in the marketing role when I had my daughter. So she was sort of, you know, one or two years old by the time I became the director. And I had this young daughter and my entire life was spent on the phone, traveling, working, and I was missing out on huge chunks of her life. And it kind of came to a head where I'd been working really hard for this company and I was up in Nottingham, a city in the UK, and I was doing some training and one of the young people we looked after had a daughter and I had to go and spend some time with that young person because the person who was meant to be seeing her was ill, the person above that person should have gone next and they weren't around. So anyway, there was no one to do it, it fell on me, I had to do it. I ended up going to see this lovely young girl with her lovely daughter and her daughter was about the same age as my daughter and I'm sat there at seven o'clock in the evening having promised my ex-husband that I would be home, having promised him I'd be home so I could put my daughter to bed, I am sat then playing with some toys with someone else's daughter and I thought what am I doing? At that point, I decided I no longer wanted to travel around the country and be gone for such a long time, not just physically gone, but mentally gone, because I was so preoccupied with what was going on with these other young people that I couldn't spend that time with my daughter. So I decided I wanted to get a job locally back where I lived and I wanted to get more back into marketing because I hadn't done it. Well, I had done a bit of marketing, but I hadn't done solely marketing for a couple of years. I applied for a job in a local agency, got this job, and that was great. I loved it. I loved the variety, working with lots of different businesses on lots of different things. And the fact that I got to use so many different strategies and tools and campaigns gave me a really good understanding of marketing in its entirety. I'd been working with this company for a few years. I really enjoyed it. And at this point in my life, and I'm going to get quite personal now, so I apologise because it really isn't like me, although I put myself out there a fair bit, I do tend to keep sort of personal stuff private, but it, this is part of the story, so it's important that I share it. My husband had left me and I was living at home, I stayed in the house and I paid for the mortgage, I looked after my daughter, I paid for the car and I had this job which afforded me to do this, which was brilliant. And then, kind of out of nowhere... I had had a couple of difficult weeks and I think when you go through something as horrible as a divorce or a partner leaving, 
you suddenly start to really pay attention to I'm only going to do things that make me happy because actually that was a really tough part in my life and therefore I really want to make sure that I make the other areas of my life as easy as possible. Not just easy, but as nice as possible. So I'd had a couple of difficult weeks at work and I decided, you know what? I don't think I can work here anymore. I'm going to get another job. And being slightly rash, which isn't like me, I handed my notice in. But I'd given the the company eight weeks notice. And in my head, very arrogantly, I have to say, I had actually thought, I'll get another job easy. I'm good at what I do. I have lots of connections. I know lots of people. I'm sure another agency locally is going to snap me up. Wow. Seriously, how arrogant was I? Anyway, after three weeks of approaching other agencies and getting good feedback, but forgetting I was on a fairly good salary and they would have had to pay that salary, I was basically just getting, uh, we'd love to have you, but we can't afford you right now. And I was three weeks into my eight weeks notice and I was thinking, what am I going to do? Like, seriously, this notice is going to come up and I've got to leave or I'm going to leave and I can't afford not to have a job. So at the same time as this was happening, a friend approached me and said, would I consider doing social media for their business? And I put in a price that was really fair and actually very fair now, uh, based on what we charge now, but I put in a price and they said yes. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. What if more people want me to do this or more people want me to help them with their marketing? So I had the most craziest thought, I'm going to start my own business. Honestly, it literally appeared one night and the next day I started putting things in action. But almost simultaneously, my boss of the agency at the time kind of started to pick up on the fact that maybe I was thinking this and told me to leave and gave me one week left of my notice. So I effectively ended up leaving in a bit of a shock, I have to say, because it was literally I went in to do some work and she was like, you can go now. And it's understandable. I don't blame it in the slightest for that. And we're friends again, which is lovely. But yeah, she was absolutely right to do that. So she asked me to leave and I had effectively a month and a bit worth of salary. I had no husband, no rich parents, no money coming from anywhere else, no savings. And I had to earn over a thousand pounds a month in order to keep my mortgage being paid, to keep the car running, to keep my daughter in nursery, to keep us fed and basically to live our life. And I didn't have any money coming in from anywhere. I didn't have anybody that I could lean on or go to. I literally just made the most craziest decision of my life and started my business. Now, I was very lucky. I had a friend who obviously I'd met through the design agency who obviously was a designer. So he came up with my logo. I made the most stupid mistake of choosing my name as my business name. And I say this is stupid for two reasons. Firstly, my company, my agency is called THW Marketing. If you type that into Google, Google thinks you've spelt the wrong and it defaults it to the marketing. So to try and find my agency in Google is really hard. The second reason that this was a bit of a rookie mistake is because 
The THW obviously stands for my name, Teresa Heath-Waring, but some of you might not realise that that is part of my ex-husband's name and I am since remarried and have a new surname, but of course I can't use it for my business. So I still have to be known by Teresa Heath-Waring because if you Google me, I appear there and my photos appear and my website and everything. So I had to stick with this name, which makes for very awkward moments in my life when I book into a hotel and my husband stood next to me and they go, what name's it under? And I can't remember whether I've booked it in my business name, i.e. my ex-husband's name, or... I've booked it under my new married name. So yeah, a little bit awkward. But like I said, I started off and really quickly got my business going. But because I did it in such a rush, I didn't think about things that I needed to think about. So I never had a vision or a goal. I didn't think about the services I was offering based on what I loved or what I was really good at. I didn't think about all of the other stuff that you have to do in running a business, all I thought about was, well, I'm good at what I do, but of course I didn't think about there was admin and finance and things like hosting websites or managing your own social media. I literally just thought, well, I can do marketing for other people. I didn't spend any time thinking about what am I going to charge? How is it going to work? What equipment do I need? I literally just dived straight in and set up my business. I started one week later with a website. Honestly, my friend was amazing. I don't know what I'd have done without him. A very basic website, but I had a website, I had a social media page, and I had my business cards. And that was about it. And you know, it's funny because I would never recommend that anybody sets up a business in that shorter space of time under that kind of pressure, knowing that if I wasn't earning that money, literally within about six weeks time that I couldn't afford my mortgage. However, for me, I am normally a very considered person. I am now in my business. I've been trying to launch a course for, oh gosh, I would say almost a year I've been thinking about this and I am not going very quickly because I'm a very cautious person. So there is a part of me that would like to bring back that incredibly rash person that decided to set up a business within a week to help me speed up a little bit. However, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that people do it within a week with the fact of having no buffer in terms of any money. But I think it was that that actually made me earn money and be as successful as I have become because I didn't have a choice. If I didn't earn money from day one and get myself out there and put myself in very uncomfortable positions in order of selling myself and selling my service, I wouldn't have had money to actually keep my daughter and I in my home. And that is a very real and scary prospect. So for me, although, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, I think that's what drove me to build the business I've got today. Another mistake that I alluded to before was the fact that I hadn't given a huge amount of time and consideration to what the goal of the business was, what I wanted to offer, what services I was going to offer, what money I was going to charge for it. I hadn't really thought about that at all. And what that meant in the early days was that I basically just said yes to everything. 
I literally was not fussy. If you said to me, can you do this thing or that thing? I would have just gone, yeah, we can do that. I can do it. I can do it. And it kind of meant that I was not as strategic and also probably some of the things that I was doing, I probably wasn't the best person to do because that wasn't my forte or my thing. But I suppose all I was thinking about at that point was, I just need to survive here. I need to earn some money. And if someone wants to pay me to write their blogs for them, even though I might not be the best placed person to do it, I'm going to find a way in which I can do it. If I was going to do it again, or in some of the businesses or some of the changes to my business that has happened since, I have spent much longer, more than a week, thinking about what is it I want to offer? What is it that I love to do? And even if you have a business today, I want you just to think about that just for a minute. Think about what is the one thing in your business that you love doing more than anything else? What are the parts of your business that you hate doing? What are the parts of the business that you are terrible at doing? And why are you still doing them? For me, like I said, the main issue was that I had to earn money. So instead of being brave and thinking, okay, I can earn money doing these particular things, I basically just said yes to anything. And what that meant was it confused my message. It confused what I did for people. And it confused me when I was trying to sell my service into people because I was like, yeah, I do that and a bit of this and a bit of the other. It doesn't make you sound very expert. It makes you sound like you're trying to do everything for everyone and probably not doing them to the level you should be doing them. But in the early days, you're not brave enough to do that. And I completely get it. I'd lived it. I did it. It took a while until I started to build the business that I started to get more clients. And I started to realise that I'd got myself into situations where I was doing stuff that I didn't want to do anymore, that actually I decided at that point I need to focus down a bit. I need to decide what is it I'm really good at? What is it that I want to continue doing? And that has shifted and changed over the last few months and years because it does. It's an ever evolving thing. I think there's always a core of what I do. It's always around social media marketing. But there are things that I come into that I think I love this. I want to do more of it or things that I think, do you know what? This either doesn't make us the money we want or it's more hassle than it's worth or actually I just don't like it. And then that goes as well. The other thing you should know about when I started the business was when I told my friends and family, they literally thought I had lost my mind. All the comments I had were generally around things like, oh, well, you can give it a go. And if it doesn't work, you can always get another job or literally coming out and saying, are you mad? How are you going to afford this? How are you going to afford that? How are you going to manage this? How is this going to happen? Putting every roadblock up that they could find. And like I said, even the positive ones were more kind of thinking very cautiously about the fact that I was starting the business. I didn't have anybody around me close to me that was an entrepreneur. I didn't have anybody in my world that had gone out and made a really successful business. Now, obviously, I had networked a lot and I knew lots of business people. However, I didn't know them in the way that I could go to them and have a discussion with them. And also, I hadn't found my mentors. And when people talk about mentors, I often think, where do you find a mentor? Like, you know, how do you reach out to someone and say, be my mentor? When I talk about mentors, I mean 
big, amazing people that I watch and follow and consume their content. And I go, I want that. So they don't even know that they're my mentors. Amy Porterfield, James Wedmore, Mel Robbins, who wrote The Five Second Rule, they don't know that they are my mentors and I look up to them and I want to be like them. And therefore I watch and pay attention to what they're doing. But the one thing for me in my business now that I feel is so important that I lacked when I first started is A, knowing those people existed or paying attention to them and B, having people that I can have these discussions with, having people that actually when I say to them, I'm going to do this, they're going to be like, amazing, brilliant, how are you going to do it? Or let's talk about the structure rather than immediately going, oh, well, you know, give it a go and if it doesn't work, get another job. You know, interestingly enough, having now had my business for four years and having it grow to an amazing level and do the most amazing things, some of those people won't even talk to me about my business. They literally don't even ask how it is because I don't think they ever thought that maybe I would make it the success it is. And some people have completely come around to it and gone, oh my word, this is amazing. You know, you started off at this position and look where you are now. But in the early days, I could have really done with someone who had my back and was confident that I was going to make a really good go of this. Then the last thing that I feel I could have done differently when I started was I didn't pay much attention to kind of future proofing myself because I guess at that point I was literally flying by the seat of my pants. I was literally day by day thinking, okay, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Who can I speak to? How can I get some work? Who can be a new client? So I guess my mind was so full with dealing with those things that I didn't think about how can I future-proof me and my business and bring in processes. And when I did think about it, I tended to make mistakes because I didn't go to the right people to ask the right questions. I spent money on platforms creating things that I didn't need. So for instance, when it came to things like admin and accounts, I didn't set rules up at the very beginning, which meant when I started to grow, it was an even harder job to then set those rules up or to put that process in place. So again, although in the early days it might seem a slightly crazy thing to be thinking about, you know, when I'm huge, how will I want to do this thing and therefore let's do it like that now? Actually, when you do grow and when I grew my business, it became twice as hard to then go back with all the stuff you'd already done and try and make it conform to a new process that now fits. I have a great book recommendation for you, actually, that will help with this point. It's called The E-Myth Revisited. I'll link up to it in the show notes. Just go to www.theresaheathwaring.com forward slash 34. And this book basically talks about how you systemize your business and how you think about your business as the bigger business that it's going to be. And you get some of these things in place today. So even though you're doing everything in day one because you haven't got a team, actually when you start bringing on those people or start growing it in different ways, you are much more set up for that process. So do go and read that book. It's one of my favourites. Really, really good book. So that's it. That's the story of how I started my business and how I made probably quite a few mistakes that I didn't need to make. But hopefully you might be able to listen to these mistakes. And if you are starting a business, then great, please take them and think about those things. If you're in a business, 
then just maybe have a think about them and think, is that what you're still doing today? Because I constantly readdress where I am, what I'm doing, is this right, is it wrong? And I feel like now I am coming out of the doing bit of my business and I'm more starting to look over all on my business, which I never did before. And I love being in business. I love managing my own time, deciding what I want to do. And I want as many people to experience that as possible. And therefore, if I can help you in any way, shape or form, then say the word. Because the thought of ever having to go and get a job, or as Amy Porterfield will call it, a J-O-B, just fills me with absolute dread. I wake up every single day grateful for the fact that I get to manage my own business. I'm not saying it's all sweetness and light. I'm not saying it's always amazing. But actually, overall, I honestly am so grateful. So anything I can do to help someone else in their business or succeed at their business, that is like my goal in life. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I know it's been a little bit of a different one and it's been quite nice for me, actually, because I guess I don't really talk about this a lot. I do try and talk sort of strategy and tips and tactics and things. So it's been quite nice talking about my story and some of the mistakes I made. Now, next week, we've got a great episode. We've got an interview again from Chris Strub who is one of the nicest men in the industry. I say that about everybody, but honestly, I don't think I'd have someone on here if they weren't lovely or amazing. Now, he is super lovely. He's got a great story to tell. And actually, he was so nice to me, I was lost for words. Now, if you know me, you know that is pretty amazing because I can always talk but it was a really good episode. I can't wait for you to hear it next week. So please make sure you come back next week and listen to that one. And also, as always, if you haven't hit the subscribe button on iTunes, I would love you to do that. And if you wanted to give me a five-star review, I would be so very, very grateful. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to catch up with you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 